first known rules of golf were drawn up in 1744 by the gentleman golfers of Edinburgh in Leith, Scotland. Since then, the game has changed dramatically. Golf courses, equipment, and not least the rules. So where do I go when I want to learn about the rules of the game today? Well, I go to the Golf Rules Questions podcast with Blakey and Roscoe, of course. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Welcome everyone back to episode 50 uh, of the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Nice and early in the morning here for me and I have a guest on. Uh, I'd like to welcome Marcella from Girlfriend's Guide to Golf. Uh, Marcella is based in, shall we say, California? Yes, we shall say California. Uh, Now, before we get into the podcast and find out about Marcella and Girlfriend's Guide to Golf, uh, we better get to the answer for episode 49, the Golf Rules question of the week, which was from Jerry Bauer last week, our previous guest. So episode 49, GRQ, OTW, Fraze and Blakey and Roscoe are playing the tough, tough 17th hole with a hill on the right that is general area and below the hill is a small penalty area that isn't seen from the tee. Roscoe hits his tee shot down the middle and both Fraz and Blakey push their tee shots to the right. They go down and look around the area, and Blakey finds his ball in the penalty area, but Fraz can't find his, so says it must be in the penalty area. They both take penalty area relief, but Blakey and Roscoe aren't happy with Fraz also dropping as he didn't find his ball. They finish the round, and Blakey asks for a referee. How would you rule? Uh, so what Jerry was getting... to at with this question is Roscoe did not have known or virtual certainty that his ball had gone into the penalty area. And so he was not permitted to take the lateral relief or the back on the line relief under rule 17 that he did. Uh, so he's actually taken incorrect relief, dropped in the wrong place, played out the hole. Uh, they finished the round. So that means he teed off on the next hole. Um, or if they say finished the round and it was, it says the 17th hole, of course. So they've teed off on the 18th, finished the round. Uh, so Roscoe's going to be DQ'd in a stroke play event for that uh, because he didn't fix his area uh, his error um, being a serious breach of rule 17, dropping in the wrong place. I think I uh, conf- may managed to confuse most people there. I think we should move on to our, our guest <laughs> of episode 50. How are you, Marcella? I am great. So happy to be here for episode 50. I can't believe there's 50. I know, remember episode one. So Marcella, you run this, well, this this brand, Girlfriend's Guide to Golf. How did you get started in, in that? It was just sort of by accident. Um, I basically was a recreational player, picked up golf at the age of 40, uh, 15 full years ago and um, wasn't very good at it. And you've seen me play. I haven't gotten all that much better, Um, but I picked it up and started enjoying it with my friends. And I really enjoyed the competition part. So I entered a number of member guest, member member, and I actually was playing in, um, in Pebble Beach at Spyglass at a couples tournament. 
And a, I had attended one rule seminar from the Southern California Golf Association. And I encountered a scenario that I knew to be true. I knew I could take a stroke at distance relief out of a bunker on this situation at Spyglass and those horrible bunkers. And everyone disagreed with me, the caddies, my husband, the people we were playing with. And so that just reminded me and told me that most people, even though they're good players, and even though these caddies caddy for a living, most people are confused about a number of the rules of golf. And that's when it just sort of started clicking for me that if I understood them and I was able to articulate and help educate other people and explain them in a simple way, that would be a, a wonderful route to go as far as sort of my second career in life. And um, I've been doing it ever since. This is probably about four years ago. Have you, do you have a background in education or anything like that? Uh, somewhat. My background is in the escrow settlement field, which I don't know what you call it in Australia, but uh, kind of legal financial services. And I uh, led a team of 55 plus employees for many, many years. And so I had to make things simpler for them. Complicated legal issues had to sort of simplify them and train people. And so for some reason, even though I'm not super smart, as you know, since you know me well, I'm smart enough or somehow my brain works in a way I can make things simpler that are a little bit complicated. I can, I can simplify them. So that's, that's kind of how it happened quite by accident. Well, that's, that's not entirely true. I don't think that you're, uh, I, I do think that you're very smart. So uh, oh. we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> agree yeah, I mean, to we'll, disagree at 6 30 in the morning. <laughs> that's right. I mean, <laughs> you know, when, uh, when we first met, um, where was that? That was at, well, it was at Santa Luz because That's my friend right. Karen recommended I follow golf rules questions on Instagram. And she said, you've got to follow this guy. He's really good. Now at that time, which was, I don't know how many years ago, you, four, four uh, or so years ago. okay, well, you had no presence as far as your face online. So judging from this voice with this accent, I thought you were a 60 something year old man with a pot belly and balding. And so when you said you were going to officiate at the WGC in, was it Austin or Houston? Yeah, Austin, yeah. Yes. And so I thought, oh, he's going to be in the U.S. Connect if you're going to be in California. So, and still I'm thinking you're not this cute little young athletic boy. I'm thinking you are this, you know, older guy. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with reaching out to you as a married woman <laughs> from Instagram. <laughs> And then I'm waiting for you at Santa Luz and you come up to, we're going to go, we're going to film a roll. We're just going to have a chat and you walk up to the valet area. And I went, holy crap, this is not this old, you know, I shouldn't say old 65, but this isn't the 65 year old heavy set man. This is a cute young, young boy. And we hit it off instantly as friends and um, uh, we just geek out together on the rules. Yeah. Yeah. And uh we certainly help each other out. Um, Marcella's, uh, you know, reaches out to me when I need uh, a ruling and I'll, I'll do the same to her when I uh, need some help with fashion uh, advice. Rules. Yeah. <laughs> no, both. But how often do you play golf these days? Marcella? Sometimes I play um, five days a week. Sometimes I play once every two weeks. It really just depends on what's happening. But at one point I played 11 days in a row in Lake Tahoe at Lahontan, which 
Uh, you had joined me for a couple of weeks. You were the guest. I like to call you Cato Kalen. Um, <laughs> that, that's enough. Um, that, that, we might leave that story for the end of the podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, yeah, so at Lahontan, um, when, one year, a couple of years ago, I played 11 days in a row, which was fantastic. That's like heaven, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. And Lahontan's a very nice course. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I got the pleasure of you inviting um me over there with uh, you know and met a lot of your friends and um i actually got to go and play at uh martyrs camp as well and the manager is a friend of mine uh which was a really small network because i'd met him he's a new zealander gus uh, i'd met him at a rules school a usga rules school in uh What's the capital of California? Sacramento. A Sacramento. That's, a, that's it. I met him at a rules school in Sacramento. So that was actually really cool to go and connect with Gus um, and play at Martyrs Camp. But uh, so can you just explain to me a little bit more about what Girlfriend's Guide to Golf is? Well, it is a platform. It's a website and social media platform that empowers women by helping them learn the rules and the etiquette of golf. And what seems so natural to you and many other men or even females, maybe who took up the sport early, everything's natural to you. Where to park the cart, where to stand on the green, how to rake a bunker, you know, how to score your scorecard or stroke your scorecard, handicap it for match play. All of those things that you all learned so early on and you take them as second nature. It, when women are taking up the game later in life, they don't know that naturally. So they need a resource where they can learn those things and where they're not being talked down to. And they're, we're using, you know, we're not using sports analogies every two seconds to explain things. We're, we're talking real English and uh, simply in, in terms that they can understand. And we're learning together how to go out there and where to stand and where to park your cart and all those things. So I teach the rules uh, on social media platform, a bunch of videos, a YouTube channel, all of that under Girlfriend's Guide to Golf. And I also provide what's called an on-course rules experience. And that is at country clubs or resorts all over the world um, where we spend 90 minutes on the course, on your course. And we, you know, starting with the teeing area and move all the way through with all the scenarios the basics of what can happen and really helpful for people to ask questions when we're right out there about dropping and, you know, um, red penalty areas and the whole provisional situation. Like you just explained your girlfriend's question of the week last week. You know, we talk about that when we're standing in the teeing area on the course. So it's a real helpful way to learn the rules when you're standing there. You don't have to envision it and talk about it in a classroom. You see it right there. You're standing there. And it's, super fun we have a great time and laugh a ton and it's not it's not serious but it's informational well what do you find is the question that you get asked the most um be it a behavior or a rules question what do you find they ask the participants ask the most of you um, I think there's a lot of questions about unplayable lies. I think there is a lot of confusion about unplayable certainly stroke and distance. Um, going back to the spot of your location of your last shot, 
a lot of misunderstandings about things and the changes that happened in 2019. And that, that, that was a painful time for everyone to learn. You know, you, you rules officials really crammed and you needed to know every word and every nuance. And the phrases that were gone, like rub of the green, that's gone. You know, I mean, the phrases that people had come to use and know are gone and so much was redone. So that was a painful time. And I think most people are still struggling with some of the differences because they don't look at the book every day the way you and I do. It's quite interesting you say that uh, a friend of mine, Stuart, he didn't really start learning the rules until 2019. So he doesn't know about the old stuff and it's actually, you know, it's brilliant. Easier. Yeah, he only has to learn one set of rules. He doesn't have to, you know, if, if you were learning in 2017 or 2018 um, and then they changed the rules on you, that is, that is tough. Oh, yeah, that would have been very, very difficult. So I think most people have heard a lot of rules over the years and they've committed them to memory. And then, oh, that happens to be one of the ones that got dramatically changed and that no longer applies. And so I would say that those are most of the questions um, that I get. But I get a lot of texts from people, a lot of messaging on Instagram etc. when they're in the middle of a situation in a match or some other situation. And most of the basic ones I can answer. um, But I'm not a rules official. I don't have, you know, the extended extensive knowledge on the decisions that you and so many of your um, associates have. And so when I am unsure, or when there's something that isn't cut and dried, I you know, you're one of my speed dial guys. And you always get right back to me. And so I, I get an answer uh, pretty quickly. And I'm, I'm trying to support them and help educate them as to the why too. So they'll know for next time. Do you, do you run uh, any events uh, as in any golf tournaments yourself? Um, I used to do something called Chicks with Sticks, oh, yeah. which was a little, yeah, it was cute. Did one in Tahoe and in San Diego. And um, now we do Girlfriends Golf trip so we've got one coming up to Punta Mita um which is in Mexico I do it's my one of my favorite spots on earth Uh, it's an amazing resort Uh, so we've got uh, 12 ladies going out there early January we actually still have spots um, if someone's interested but it's a it's a tournament and a clinic and just a great time of being together and um, playing some golf, having a few cocktails and margaritas afterwards. So yeah, we do those. I'll be doing some in Palm Desert here as well. Yeah. Nice. And uh, that's girlfriends only uh, guys. Cause I know that uh, there'd be a few guys that would be keen to join you on that. On that trip. <laughs> well, we, well, we do, we'll do couples. Yes. Well, actually you could be our special guest. So you come down to Punta Mita whenever you want. The ladies would have a really enjoy watching you and you guys haven't seen his swing you know you you now you get to see his whole face because you really didn't for years uh his instagram blew up without him without his face just his knowledge but now you get his face and his swing occasionally and blakey's a good good player and a very athletic uh young man and um i wish you'd show more of that because um those are fun videos when you and lena are out there doing stuff on the course those are really fun yeah, yeah, we uh, lockdown hasn't really been kind to us the last couple of years. But uh, yeah. did you know that Melbourne's the most lockdown city ever? I believe yeah. it. That's crazy. Uh, Hopefully, it will pay off in the end. I, we don't. That's yet to be determined. So, why do you think the rules of golf 
are important? Because I think in life, societies exist because they have rules or there's order because there are rules. There are, it's etiquette more so than even the rules, but just procedures, rules, etiquette that people know that they need to follow. And when you don't, you have chaos. And I think because most people are playing golf for some sort of prize, trophy, $5, um, you, you, it's fair to play by the rules. I think one of the most unfortunate things is sometimes, you know, golf is a game of honor, as we know. And of course you can't know all the rules as a, as a recreational player, they're overwhelming and you're, you're not gonna have seen everything. And there's gonna be things that you didn't even know existed, of course. However, when you do know something exists and you choose to ignore it because you think, well, that's not a big deal. We would call it a serious breach, but they go up, oh, well, that's not, that didn't really help me. How did that give me an advantage? Why should I have to follow that? And it's like, well, why do you think it's okay for you to pick and choose the ones that you can ignore but then if your opponent or fellow competitor tries to do anything not quite right, you're right on him. You know, that's, that's not a good thing. And I think that is one of the reasons why once you've been made aware of the rules, you need to follow all of them. Do you think the, the rules are fair or, you know, we've seen a development in 2019 where, I mean, the, the, the changes took about six years to talk about and, and, implement but do you see um you know those changes going even further uh, in in the future do you, like how do you find um learning the rules at the moment is it is it quite easy like you've got these new beginners come to you is it quite easy for them to learn the rules well i think there is just a real quandary right now because number one i commend that the usga and the rna for doing what they did because it was an impossible task to sort of rewrite the entire rules of golf book. And I thought they did an amazing job. And I do think they helped pace of play. And I think they made some things sort of more categorized and, and easier to find in the book. But that if I were starting out right now and didn't know anything about the rules and didn't have an attraction to them the way that I do, um, I wouldn't find them easy. I would find them convoluted and overwhelming and probably prohibitive to the game. And I probably wouldn't be interested in playing in competitions. So I think the challenge right now is that the all of the golf entities want more people playing. They want more diversity, racial diversity. They want inclusion, they want females and they want everyone to play. However, how, how can that happen? How can they get a USGA handicap and be expected to play by the rules every single time they play when they are so challenging. So my suggestion and my hope, and I don't know that it ever happened, but if it did, this is on tape. So, you know, it, it you heard it here <laughs> Marcella, first. Marcella, <laughs> Prediction. <laughs> I feel like there should be two books. I feel like there should be a book for amateur play and there she should be a book for the pros because even the uh, the announcers on the PGA tour and the European tour get confused which is why now they have real rules officials on television ready to answer questions cuz they are confusing so why not since it's so complicated for even the people that do this for a living why not have two books 
get the, let those people go to play to the standard of really complicated rules because they're playing for millions of dollars. And the rest of us just have the basics, simplify those rules so that we don't need all of these, you know, you know all this confusion and complication so we can just play, play by our set of rules that are fair, but there will be a little more lenient. As in you can place instead of drop, you can be a little bit more lenient with where your ball comes to rest and if it comes to and rest. And just the, a, like the remedies for things and the, you know, there's, there's, there's a little bit of info in 11.1 here and then 7.9 there. I mean, just put it in one place and make it really simpler, I think, for the average player. That's what I, that's what I hope would happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, for me personally, I see how it could be simple. Um, just don't give any free relief. Um, and then only make, you know, you can take an unplayable, but you can't take any free relief, but that a lot of people would hate that. They'd say that's not fair. Mm, so scores would be higher, but yeah. it wouldn't be complicated. Yeah, that's right. What you wouldn't what, need to know what complete relief is. No, that's right. What do you, <laughs> yeah, and nearest point, uh, you know, because nearest point is only for free relief. Uh, it's not for an unplayable. So mm -hmm. if you just, if you got rid of free relief, you get rid of a lot of um, terms. Anyway, uh, what do you think your, or what is your least favorite rule? Well, I think that my least favorite change would be where we're dropping from. I think everyone understood here and it's just very simple visually. I can see the end of my hand from my eyes. But when you go down to knee height, it's, it's just more complicated, especially if you're on a slope. And there are so many times when I feel like I am dropping from knee height and someone else looking at me later on in a video, because I record so many says, eh, you weren't quite at knee height. You're a little lower, a little higher. So I, I would rather see that go back to what they had proposed at one time, which was literally just get air. And I know that I didn't like it at the time when they proposed it. And I voiced my opinion on those surveys because I thought it would just look like you were just placing. And so then why don't we just place? Why don't amateurs just place? Talk about helping pace of play. So to me, that's my, that's my least favorite sort of procedure. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, if I have a least favorite rule. Um, I don't know. Oh, that's now that uh, you've pretty much said rule 14, uh, point three, two, damn it. Uh, Jerry had that same one last year. He didn't, he did, uh, last week, he didn't really like the, uh, the dropping procedure as well. And I uh, met Jerry at a rule seminar. Which one? Um, Vegas, I think. Uh, actually, I think he mentioned to me that that is how he found about, out about my account because through you. Yep. When, when we right. went, when we went to, when I went to Tahoe um, to stay with you guys. Uh, that was when he was like, oh, who's, who's golf rules questions. So he told me that that's quite interesting. This online community is so amazing. I am just, you know, as a person who isn't super young and certainly didn't grow up with social media, 
it, this online community has been amazing. Women are so supportive. I went through a divorce. I have all these women that I only know through my golf platform, don't know in person. They've sent me the most supportive messages, get invitations to play places all the time, you know, get lots of questions from them. And I provide them with lots of answers and support. And it's just such a, it's such a great community. It really, really is. Um, it's a wonderful way to, to meet people and, and make what turns out to be lasting friendships. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, you've got to get down to Australia. Like you keep telling me. I'm ready. Keep, keep promising me. Do you guys have an extra room? Uh, yeah, you can, you can stay in this room. This is my office. Okay. Well, there might be a nursery there sometime, no? Oh, oh wow. Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> wow. Uh, so... So you'd like to see, say you'd like to see rule 14 um, slightly changed, maybe for the, the rollout in 2023. And there's, there's nothing else that you could, you could think of that uh, comes to mind that bugs you. Um, well, I'll tell you one that really is um, unfair. And so maybe potentially that one, which is, um, if a, uh, there is a rake in a bunker and you get your uh, free relief from the movable obstruction in a bunker and you can mark the position of the ball, lift the, lift the rake, and if the ball moves, you can replace it on that spot um, or the nearest spot that it will come to rest that is no closer to the hole. And so actually probably fairly often uh, clubs that want the rakes left half in, half out of the hole, um, people put them in a position not even realizing that it's so far close to the lip that the, the are they called tines of the rake? Uh, yeah, or teeth, yeah. Teeth, okay. Yeah, no, uh, tines or teeth, something like that, yeah. Okay. So, see, I told you I'm not very smart. So, I, you, <laughs> when you have that further back and it, it, and the, you know, removing it would cause the ball to roll closer to the hole. And there's nowhere that it will come to rest inside the bunker that is no closer to the hole. Therefore, I need to, not the person that left the rake there a few, you know, uh, foursomes ago, but I then must decide that I'm going to have to take. Uh, relief for an unplayable ball and now have a one stroke penalty and take a drop inside the bunker or come out of the bunker but it's going to cost me a penalty because of that and that's just not fair right yeah yeah no that's uh, uh personally i don't think that that happens that often but you might have seen a little bit more than that which if you if you um talking about rakes do you prefer that they were left in, half in, or left out? Um, the half in, half out becomes a problem. Yeah. So I think either all the way in at the bottom, which doesn't, it's too hard for older people to then rake and then throw it in. It's not really yeah. not possible. Yeah. Um, so in that case, I would probably say out. However, the clubs that I'm a member of all want them in. Yeah, yeah. So I think what they need is to do a um, a better education, and this isn't just with rakes. This is with where to park your cart, and um, you know 
so many things about etiquette and caring for the course. They need to do a better job of educating the members or the players at a club so that they know how far in they should push that rake. And it should be almost all the way in with just a little bit of the handle sticking out. And keep in mind, if you are anywhere near the green or if there's a big slope, try not to put it towards that slope. But there's so many things like that that I think they could really, courses could really benefit from not just caring for the course, but procedures and etiquette and sportsmanship and, and, and how to be a courteous player when they're kind of on you, right? When they're pushing up against you and they hit a ball into you by accident or maybe intentionally and how you handle those things. There's so many things that could be communicated better so people understand what the procedure is, whether or not you should let them through, whether you should hit the ball back at them. <laughs> <laughs> which you've probably done. <laughs> so to us. <laughs> yeah. So, so many things. And I, I think what that, all that is, is just having some videos made at each club about those things, about the, the courtesies and the, and the things that are going to help keep the, the turf in better shape, your bunkers in better shape, where you get in and out of the bunkers, all those things, because we've brought so many new people, so many COVID golfers, to the game recently, how would they know these things? Yeah. They, they, they don't, they would have no way of knowing. So we need to do a better job if we want to care for our course and have courteous, harmonious play amongst the players or members and, and educate so that they understand. So do you work with many clubs at the moment uh, on providing that service? I do. I provide that. Oh, funny you should ask. <laughs> Yes. Um, yes. So that's one of the things I do. I, I make some video. I write for the Southern California Golf Association and the LPGA Women's Network. Um, I um, provide videos for me and my golf, which is to um, uh, British, amazing British PGA golf coaches. Yes. Instructors. So I provide rules for them. I'm part of their team and do lots of those types of things with clubs. And so, yes, that's what, and then do course vlogs from a female perspective, because so many course vlogs are from these, you know, single digit handicap guys or gals who are aspiring to her players or college players. Well, yeah, those ladies are not hitting from the red tees and they're not struggling to get on in regulation like the majority of the female players playing at clubs today. So I give it from, you know, the, the real deal perspective, the real recreational player, and you can still appreciate and love a, a course, even if you're not making birdies and pars on every hole, that's, that standard is, you know, not going to be attainable for a lot of us, but it doesn't mean we're not going to love the lifestyle and enjoy the scenery. And so I kind of provide that point of view. So if people want to get in touch with you, Marcella, what's the best way? Marcella at girlfriendsguidetogolf.com or reach out on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. And you have a website as well. I do. Girlfriendsguidetogolf.com. Very good. Now, do you have, or do you want to tell the story of me going to Tahoe or should we leave that one for another time? <laughs> no, no, we should tell it. But I think we have a different well, I'll just say you, you might we have, a definitely have a different perspective. <laughs> definitely. If you have I was a, a loving home, guest. You were. He was very much in demand. And I'll just tell for all your listeners, 
if you have a guest room and you have a wine cellar, Blakey is your guy. He would love to come and stay if you serve large quantities of food. He has quite the appetite and he likes cocktails and wine. Expensive are better. He likes the premium stuff. <laughs> but um, Blake, he got invited to play in a charity tournament, which you did really well. And we all played in a member pro with Chris Shearhart right. at uh, Schaefer's Mill. We had a great time with that. Uh, there's a video on my Instagram uh, where you <laughs> got into the water. You hit your, I believe, second shot into the water. And he was tired of losing golf balls that day. It was your first shot? Your it was shot. my drive. It was my drive. It was a path. Oh, that was day. far. Yeah. Hit, oh, wow. He can pound the ball. You can hit some serious long drives. Hits it into the water and doesn't want to lose another ball. So he actually takes his shoes and socks off and goes in. <laughs> and you ended up making par, saving par. I know. I know. I hit like six iron and chipping actually, yeah, didn't fluff the chip and made a par. So, but we did. I got worse and worse that day. The the Chris Chris was feeding me shots of those little shots of uh, whatever they were, tequila or whiskey or whatever it was. And yeah. I just I think by the end of it, I didn't know what ball I was putting. Uh, putting probably hit yes. the wrong ball. Well, my favorite part, and I don't know if you know about this, but we were at a dinner. I think it was the charity dinner, and the people that invited you to play with them to you subbed for someone else That's right. and and i was so you know thrilled that they invited you and everyone kind of took you under their, their wing and you were with me for like two and a half weeks at our house which was super fun and everybody just thought you were great and um so we we had a great time we made lots of rules content and filmed a ton of stuff the ball in the tree and just everything under the sun that could happen so that was fun but um my favorite or most memorable i wouldn't say favorite my most memorable moment is I wanted to host the wine that night at that charity dinner when we were about eight or 10 of us gathered sitting there outside. And I know a little bit about wine, but I don't know a lot. And so one of the people at the table goes, why don't you just order the hundred acre? I think that's what it's called. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, oh, it's you know probably $150, $200, which is still a lot of money, but I wanted to thank our friends for having included you and invited you. And I'm like, okay, you know, cool, this is great. I got my bill. That was an $800 bottle of wine. And I don't think I can blame you for it, but I want to. <laughs> it's definitely not my fault. Definitely not my fault. But yeah, no, we, uh, we had a great time. And, and for everyone out there, Tahoe is an absolutely amazing place and an amazing experience. I mean, obviously you've got the lake um there's heaps of golf courses they play that um barracuda championship there mm -hmm. um and you know they play another kind of the charity um, one at the uh, edgewood that's, it. that's right at edgewood and uh you know and then in the winter you've got lots of snow let's say i was going to say meters and meters of snow but uh, you can't and you, don't you, do meters. you went you went uh, wakeboarding i think or got into the yeah. water with yep. your leopard print yes. trunks. Yes. Yeah. So you yeah. know. Don't don't need to talk about that. But uh, I <laughs> I tried to do a backflip. I think that was where. But that that was really fun out there, and and it's a beautiful, absolutely beautiful part of the world, um, Tahoe. So. Uh, that's well, you have to I... come out to uh, Palm Desert because I'm here now for the season. So I'm here for our winter. Are you um, Are you going to be there for 
the LPGA, the, the major as well? Yes. Yeah. So they've ch- uh, they, they haven't changed the name yet. They're changing the name of that in 2023 to the Chevron. Oh. But it's uh, it's still the ANA inspiration yes. for one more year. So you're yes, gonna you're gonna so- you're gonna go. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you should you should come out to Mission Hills. Yes. Um, I've been there once. They played it. Yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah, once. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine used to live in Palm Springs. So we went there. He took me there. Um, that must have been about five years ago or something like that. Yeah, it's a special place too. Golf Mecca for sure here. So lots of places for me to to teach. So if you um, people, you know, your listeners are uh, PGA teaching pros or affiliated with clubs, you know, reach out. Um, I teach all over the place and would love to spend more time teaching here. And um, um, lots of uh, lots of ladies in our private Facebook group that are extremely engaging and appreciative, and they've benefited from a lot of your videos as well. And um, so that's what we're all about, just having some fun and helping people. And I sure appreciate what you do every day for all of these players. I mean, this is your passion and you've made just a huge uh, splash. Um, I don't think there's anyone doing what you're doing anywhere near the level that you're doing it. And um, it's just awesome. And your answers are always correct and they're funny, but I think you need to be on camera more. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Thank you, Marcel. Uh, <laughs> taking compliments isn't something I'm find easy, but uh, you know, as you said before, the community that we have that we've built—that's um, the most important thing. Like, if no one wanted to know the rules, um, you know, the community wouldn't survive. So, it's—I uh, just do it because there's people out there wanting to know. So, I think uh, that gets us to the GRQ OTW for episode fifty. Are you ready to read it, Marcella? I am, and I just remembered that I have a TikTok. So if your people are on TikTok, come there because we get really very direct, and people are kind of mean there, and it's kind of fun. So there's so many trolls on TikTok. It's fun. It's fun. All right. So I'm excited about the fiftieth question. And actually, I asked a friend if she had had anything recently, and this really happened. Okay. And I believe that the rules that her PGA. pro in the pro shop made a mistake okay but we'll talk you can talk about that next week when you reveal the answer but here's the scenario so amy and becky are partners in a four ball match against charlene and debbie charlene's ball is at rest on the green just past the hole her partner debbie is about to chip onto the green from the fridge fridge fringe Um, Amy asks Charlene to mark her ball on the green and Charlene refuses to mark it. So Debbie chips up and in fact, her ball hits Charlene's ball at rest, causing Charlene's ball to roll a few inches further away. What's the ruling? And, and this is, you know, going to be different with stroke play and match play. So when you do answer it next week, uh, and maybe your viewers can say, answer for stroke and match play this is a match play but how would it differ if it were stroke play yeah no that's a that's a great question uh thank you very much and thank yeah. you very much for being uh, my third guest and on episode 50 yay 
Thank you for having me. This has been awesome and I'm excited for you and um, welcome to all your uh, viewers. Come see me uh, physically or virtually. Yeah, uh, get if you're, certainly if you're in the States, but uh, Marcel is up for some travel. She's been to Scotland to, to help out as well. So if you're uh, wanting, I don't think just, just women um, would be interested Correct. in I've your done, etiquette yeah. and, and, and golf uh, rules coaching, Marcel. I think you, yes. you're mm -hmm. very uh, easy to, uh, you know, come across really easy to talk to everyone about the rules of golf and, and behavior as well. So thanks. Well yeah, no, I, I taught at the Renaissance club, the Renaissance, as you would say in Scotland, <laughs> but yes, I, I do co-ed uh, um, events as well, which is fun. So yeah. Okay. Can't, can't wait to see you. Hopefully I'll see you here. Thank you very much uh, for joining for this episode. We appreciate it. Thanks Blakey. Cheers. Bye. Bye.